What a beauty! G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Lech Dog and I am joined this week by a far more talented co-host, M. Supercoach Mama is probably what everyone knows you as, but we know you lovingly as M because that's your name. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, it's great, great to have me on. I was just laughing because... Um, some people call me, well, one person's called me Supercoach Mummy and it just, please, please don't do that. Please don't do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that gives me the ick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mum, Mama's fine. Um, or M. Um, M. My, yeah, yeah, M's fine. We're going to stick with M and we're not going to go any further with that. Uh, welcome. Obviously, the winner from a couple of years ago, you've been on the show a couple of pre-season episodes. You've been on the mailbag, I believe, as well, if my memory serves correct. So the audience isn't, uh, you're not a stranger to the audience, but how are you traveling? How are you enjoying football super coach life this year? Yeah, look, I'm all right. Last year was really hard. It's coming back from just the highest of heights. I haven't actually counted, but I think I lost four, five games overall for the year were the year I won. So, like, overall. like So, some games I would be like 10 over 10, 10 over 10. And then <laughs> to go away from that is just, you know, it's just very hard to be like, oh, yeah, this losing thing all the time <laughs> and just doing crap. Um, so, I started, I started at, like, 77th thousandth this year. Um, and I've worked my way up to 1,200, so I'm 1,208th at the moment. So I'm taking that. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm hoping to sneak under the 1,000, but if I stay where I right am right now, I'll be fine. So oh, that's we'll a, I mean, that's a very good effort. That's certainly more than anyone who's hosted this show has ever done. So uh, no, take 1,200th, absolutely own that. Well done. What's, yep, been the, d- uh, what's been the secret to clawing back the rank? Uh, I've, that is a very good question. I've haven't, I've, well, the funny thing is, is I just did my own, my own thing went for value and just went with who I could afford. I didn't go for Dawson, didn't go for English. Now guess out of the three of who I got, I got Oliver two weeks ago because he was a must have and he's Mm. so proud to have Oliver and of course he gets injured. But, um, yeah, so I, like, literally I've spent all this time, no English, no Dawson, no Oliver, and just um, and just getting getting the premium. Um, yeah, and just I actually was, I think my structure worked really well because I, even though Neil has been a pain in the ass, I had, like, an extra premium in the midfield and I had set a field. So I, I kind of had, was half a premium up a little bit and I think that helped and now... <laughs> bloody set of poo but anyway sorry patch <laughs> <laughs> no it's all right it's and it, look he he actually wasn't doing that badly before he got injured but he got injured um we will talk clayton oliver in fact it'll probably be the the main topic but we've got to push that 
back a little bit because we got to keep people listening and we need those we need those listens and I think we need to keep them keep them on board for a few more minutes before they uh, get all the goss and then disappear. So mm. we'll start off with rookies. There's not a hell of a lot of them this week. In fact, there's very few of them that are on the bubble. Quite a few uh, reasonable options that have had their first game on the weekend. Eddie Ford and George Wardlaw will be headlining those names, Lachlan McAndrew as well. My rule is you don't go early on Rookies M. For either of those, or for any of those three, would you consider going early for the listeners at home? Oh, I am pretty... I'm pretty desperate. I um I have a serious M8 issue um, that I've kind of um, – and I have Wagner on my bench because I went early on him and he, you know, um, and, you know, I'm like, it's literally a cemetery and I'm literally not going to be the only one. Um, and um, Chin Cotter and, and Simpson kind of dying on us has just absolutely killed me. So I am pretty desperate. So look, I might consider it but – I can't afford a miss. I really cannot afford a miss. So I think I might just play it safe and wait wait a week. Um, because yeah. Um I've been I've been here before and it's really and you know, I got sharp, but sharp and I, I read the cheat sheet and I didn't get Humphreys and it hurts. <laughs> but I I got Merritt and Sicily last week. Yeah. So solid acquisitions. Very solid acquisitions. So I kind of feel like I'm okay. Um, and the thing is, is I'm like, oh, I could have got Humphrey and DC and Merritt, except DC didn't play and then he did play. Uh, yeah, and he did really crap anyway. But, yeah, so I look, I'm going to tell myself I'm not going to go early because I really can't afford a miss. Yeah, and look, I think Blake Drury is a great example of why we shouldn't go early. People jumped on him after his first game where he scored 51, then he scored 17, and then he scored 12. So even, and I think I even had him, I think initially I had him as red in the cheat sheet. I can't remember if he ended up red or got orange, but yeah, he was a big avoid for me. And that's for the for for that reason I'd be avoiding an Eddie Ford who scored a hundred and two. He's gonna he's a forward for North Melbourne. He's gonna be a very popular selection. But there's too many question marks over the non-established players in that side. Mm. George Wardlaw at one hundred ninety three thousand eight hundred. I could be swayed to picking him early. Eighty five on debut looked like a beast, and he's clearly going to be part of their long term future and structures. I could be swayed there. Again, my advice is going to be to wait a week on him because you never know. Like he could come out and get injured. He could come out and cop a head knock and get subbed out. Like that's that's the risk with going early. At least if you get him on the bubble, you're guaranteed cash. Would you consider Wardlaw early at all or are you going to try and steer clear? I could consider Wardlaw. I just really need to know further. I um. I, I might go I might go Wardlaw. It depends if Simpson, I'm predicting since he got subbed, that he's out. Um, he's been put in the no dislike hate bin of Chris Scotts, and once you know, so it's very hard to know which bin he's going to put these rookies in. He's either playing them for the whole year, or they keep going, and then like, nah, he's out. Um, and which hurts. And I wish I got Nevitt, and I didn't get Nevitt. I've got Simpson. Me too. Oh, it hurts. Um, I didn't, uh, and I've, I, I had him I green in the cheat sheet and I didn't pick him. 
Yeah, look, and I was just worried about bloody job security, but he kind of, the thing is, is he's kind of earning his spot. I'm not, yeah, look, I might, I might be tempted. I actually want to mention Humphreys. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he is, yeah, he went up 70K, which hurts. Um, but I'm, he's 285,000. Um, and I'm just like, if I keep Oliver, I might consider I will have to do this, um, like something like this. But like my J, JVR, I could change the JVR to Humphrey and then Humphrey, but Humphrey would need, I need him to pay for the buys. Do you think he's, I kind of, yeah. cash is important, but I need, I need warm bodies and I need, warm bodies fast well he's looking like an absolute beast at the moment uh he scored what did he score he scored a 117 last week and a 101 this week he backed it up his break even still negative 54 projected score of 64 gives him another 54k so he'd be mid 300s this time next week and in all likelihood even more expensive than that because we think he's probably going to go a bit higher than 60. Uh, it's a really, really awkward price. I always would be encouraging someone to try and, and find a fallen premium rather than bring in a almost $300,000 first-year player. But you're right. He's good for the buy rounds. He's going to give you cover throughout the whole buys. We assume he's locked into that side. He's still affordable. He's still got cash to make, and we've seen his that he is capable of scoring when he's given a full crack at, the, at a game. So I'm not against bringing him in. It's just an awkward one where you're not really getting the cash injection straight away by bringing him in for a rookie. You're kind of bringing him in and hoping that the cash appreciates on the back end and then you know at some stage you cover or you can flip him back to someone else. So it's kind of going to be a sideways trade for one of your, your broken rookies probably. Yeah, I know. But I do I think mean, he's I, a good option. He's a good option. The trouble is is I can't get a broken rookie. Like if I just want the one trade, if I'm not trading Oliver, I would have to change JVR. And JVR, you would kind of – I want. I just kind of need him as well. So I'm kind of – it is very sidewaysy. y um, I can't afford him for I since and buy 15K. <laughs> really oh, no. Hurts. That stings. <laughs> Oh, bloody hell. Um, and then, yeah, so when we talk about Oliver, we'll talk about plan B if I do trade. Yeah, um, for sure. Mm, but, yeah, so, yeah, some things to think about. But, you know, um, now it's Wardlaw. Wardlaw? Is that what I'm saying? Yeah, right? Wardlaw. Wardlaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, 193K. He's one to consider. I feel like he's a bit of a... <laughs> It's hard because you've seen Humphrey score two back-to-back tons and Wadlow's only played one game, but he looked he's fit in seamlessly to that side, scored 85. And if he had not had that preseason injury, we would have all started him at M, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it was, M5, M6, and he would have been an absolute lock. So in that respect, I don't hate bringing him in. There is always the asterisk of asterisk of what if something happens? But what if something happens to Clayton Oliver, for instance, which it did? So. What? What? <laughs> Get out. Yeah. Before we uh, move on, Em, I just want to cover off a couple more rookie options. Uh, Lachlan McAndrew I mentioned earlier, just because, again, first year pl- uh, first gamer, 150, 
what is he, 123K, scored 53, forward ruck for Sydney. Just mentioning him because Laddams got stretched off in that game. They're lacking tools already or fit and healthy tools already, so he might have some job security. But, again, he, he didn't show that he has the scoring output for me to go, oh, I'd rather back him in after one game. So my advice, again, there is going to be hold off. And then the only other people on the bar, on the bubble, sorry, is Kane Baldwin, break even negative 37, 173,000 forward for Essendon, scored 60, averaging 68. I asked Patch as one final piece of advice for Pod, what do you think? And he said he should stay in for one or two more games, which doesn't fill me with confidence. But you imagine if he's named. Mm. Uh, this week and, and he performs well, surely that's an indication that he can try and hold his spot at least. I know. We just need a time machine. <laughs> well, We'd probably use it for other things other than Super I wouldn't coach, be doing right? this podcast, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the two other players on the bubble, three other players on the bubble, but one I'm not, two I'm not counting because they're subble. So, uh, there's Angus Sheldrick scored nine as the sub. He's on the bubble. We're not picking him. There's James O'Donnell, the cricketer, who scored 15. We're not picking him. It's good. But good score for cricket. Yeah, 15 solid. Phoenix Spicer, that's his career average. He's on the bubble. He scored 50, which is literally he had a career high in almost every stat on the weekend. He's a small forward who averages about four disposals a game. We're not picking him, so put him out of your mind, community. And then the last one's Cam Fleeton from GWS, Defender, 124K, break even negative 20, and he scored 44 and 48 in his first game. Yes, just a fleeting thought in our minds, and he probably will <laughs> leave now. Yes. It's struggle street for the rookies. I mean, like even a Harry Sharp, he's still affordable at 162K, but I, I feel like... <laughs> I just don't know if he's going to stay in that side. Daniel Rich at some stage comes back. I just I don't feel good about any of the rookies. No, no. Um, and I was just thinking what if you did go um, Warlord. I want to just keep wanting to say Warlord. But, yeah. um, Call him Warlord. Warlord. That's fine. Yeah. Um, just with, um, yeah, with him is that if we feel safe with him, because what if now? Probably not all, but if all three hit next week, if, you know, um, Ford, Wardlow, um, McAndrew, um, if they all hit, I'm so desperate for blood for all bodies that I would want all three. So, but that might be maybe something, you know, three of them, they can't just, you know, be not injured or dropped. Surely three rookies, what? But if we get one now, because I find that a boost, I don't know. Is that, is that oh, a. Oh, me too. <laughs> So anyway, so thinking, oh, if you do, you do go the wardlaw, uh, the wardlord, then um, then you've, you've you've got your options open. If you do need to do a double downgrade, that, that's a good shout. That is a good shout. And whilst he is one hundred and ninety k, if you can't bring in a Humphrey, I think of the rookies that we're talking about, the one game rookies, which I hate talking about, but as you said, we're desperate and we may need to bring in two next week. I do think Ward. Ward, the warlord <laughs> Sorry. is probably the safest option of that bunch. So uh, uh, I don't know if I'll do it myself, but it could get to Thursday night teams. I panic and all of a sudden I've bought in the warlord and uh, 
and I'll be I'll be crossing my fingers and crossing my toes. Yeah. Now I don't know if we're going to be talking about trade out options, but Jim Cotter, if you'd like. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's just well, Jim Cotter. We're talking about rookies. We're talking about all of that. He uh, he got dropped. Get the Carlton man. Like, yeah. Is he? So I do two shows uh, on Blue Abroad and Pommy and Oz talking about Carlton. We analyze the teams. We predict the teams in and in and outs each week. And I predicted that he would be dropped. I said it on the podcast as well that I didn't think he'd play uh, and I don't think he'll play for a little while unless there was a couple of players who looked like they either cramping or had a hamstring or something at the very end of the game. So there's a slim chance. But I would say that with Jordan Boyd back in the side, I don't imagine we're going to see Alex Chincola very much uh, through the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and but- similar, Ollie Holland's probably a guy, if you've still got him, we can move on. Break even at 67 now, got subbed out tactically. He was healthy, but they subbed him out tactically. He's one you can move on. Connor McKenna owners, probably you can move him on still. There's a couple of players out there that people can trade. And I think they all probably know who the who the main names are, your Olin Davies, et cetera. So I mm. think if you do have questions over whether you should drop a rookie, send in the question to the uh, to the mailbag, go to Jock Reynolds on Twitter and leave a comment. That's a do bit it. of cross promotion, him. Yeah. All right. Now we've done the we've done the nonsense and we've we've filled up some time. Let's talk about Clayton Oliver. Some people are saying he's dead and he's never going to play again. Other people are saying, no, no, he's trained today and he's going to be fine. The general consensus seems to be that it's going to be short term, according to Melbourne. So he'll miss this week, definitely. Initial projections are four weeks, which would be three games, and uh, and then Melbourne have the bye, which is four weeks of no Clayton Oliver if you have him. What's your initial reaction? Yeah, my initial reaction is, is this a Tom Stewart four weeks, six weeks, or is this a Tuke Miller injury, which we still haven't got a confirmation. We still got a confirmation with Tuke Miller. It's like, which one, which, give me, give me like a, this is the spectrum. It's like, where, where is Clayton Oliver? And I'm like, I don't want to trade him out. They'd be like, guess who's back? Clayton's back. (laughs) And I'll be like, no, you you went to be out. Um, Yeah. So look. Um, I want to keep him, but as I said, look, um, I've got to do the maths and everything, but rookies, and my M8, um, I just don't know whether I could actually, and if I have any other injuries. And there's just so much money. I mean, 660. Um, there's plenty you can turn that into. So much you can turn that into. And I, I know it's um, like... See, um, the first buys are really, really good for me. Um, and the Saints have the first buy, don't they? So, uh, is that right? Um, they have... Gee whiz, I'm panicking trying to get this open. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, Saints, um, Saints yes. in Brisbane uh, and Sydney and Fremantle miss the first buy. I'm not sure who else. Is it only four in the first buy? I'll look that up so. while you while you yeah. chat. Yeah, yeah, because I think it's um, yeah, because I cause I do like Jack Sinclair, but I've just had a look. He's got a break even of eighty three, which is even with his massive score. Must have had a really huge break even last week, but um, he's yeah, he got, he got slowed down the week before. Um, 
Yeah. And then uh, I think he had a bit of a forward tag on him from memory. Yeah. So I was thinking, oh, maybe I could turn Clayton Oliver into Sinclair and get some cash and then try to upgrade. Um, yeah, just upgrade. But Sinclair, he's got the buy and round 12. Just, just wait. Just be patient. Just be patient with him. But, yeah, I there's so many, so many options to trade. I Part of me wants to just try try to keep him, um, but I'll, I'll definitely have to wait on some different options, I think. Um, yeah, and because we're so flexibility with our with all our DPPs, like I've got Will Day in my defence, I can just put in my mids. I've got most of my forwards, are, you know, I could switch either to defence or mids. So I was like, Clayton Oliver can literally be anybody. Um, the other thing is you could, you know, you could – Max Gorn is about to get forward status. I've got him in my ruck, so he's pretty close. Apparently, Jack McRae is about to get forward status as well. Um, Sam Walsh is going to be borderline. There's going to be options. Let's talk in generalities rather than than our specific sides, because I know for a fact that I'm going to be too greedy to hold on to Clayton Oliver, and I'm not going to worry about how I'm getting him back in later on because that's future me problem. <laughs> He has missed like one game in his career or something like that. So you can look at that two ways. Is he going to come back straight away after one week and go, look, no problems, no issues at all? Or are they going to be cautious with him and go, you know what, Clayton, you've you've hurt your hammy. Let's just, let's give it a month. We don't really need you over the next few weeks. Let's give you a month. You can come back after the bye. And I think three weeks, four weeks of scoring, of no Clayton Oliver scoring, is probably too much, too many weeks of no Clayton Oliver scoring. Break even of 138, he'll come back and he'll beat that. So he's, let's just assume he's missing four weeks and let's assume his price is going to stay the same at 660. So you're basically not going to be able to get him back in if you trade him. But I just think there's so many options because I think you can combine him and a, and a fattened rookie and you could you could bring in two fallen premiums or you can bring in essentially anyone in the game uh, yeah. I'm not advocating necessarily Zach Butters because I think there's some question marks over his health, but he's God, he's playing well. Um, but he's 620K and even trading to him gives you some flexibility in cash. Like, as you said, he can become anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, it's just oh, I can't make it. He can't be around 15 by player. That's the only thing, which... Um, which uh, little bit you just mentioned him is, um, but as yes. is, um, yeah, and unfortunately, um, McRae is as well. Yes, well, that's the other thing which I've avoided talking about the entire year on the podcast is the buy planning because I've purely just fallen ass backwards into having all my players kind of spread out evenly. I understand there will be people who aren't in that situation. I think ideally to get ahead of, I'm not sure on the maths on it, but if you're getting rid of Clayton Oliver, you need to bring in someone who's going to play in the next four weeks and then you're covering those four weeks of no Clayton Oliver. I mean, ideally you fluke it and you can move bits or pieces around and you end up actually making it, having more players available throughout the whole bus. But I think you need to have someone from the next cover you for the next four weeks, which does limit you a little bit. I've uh, I've got the buyers up here for you. So that first week of so this week could be anyone, obviously, because there's no buyers this week. 
Round 12, we've got Lions, St. Kilda, Sydney, Frio having the bye, so you probably don't want to target someone from that. Round 13, Gold Coast Suns, Geelong Cats, probably don't want to target someone from those games. Round 14, Adelaide, Collingwood, Hawthorne, Essendon, Melbourne, West Coast, probably don't want to target anyone from those teams, which leaves you, as you just pointed out, with the round 15 uh, bye teams which a lot of people have a lot of these players, Carlton, North, Port Adelaide, Bulldogs, Giants, Richmond. They're probably the teams we're trying to target. And from those teams, it's not a heap that jumps out at me as players that are must-have. They're probably, you're probably looking at a Sam Walsh. You're probably looking at, as we as we mentioned, a Butters or a Connor Rosie or a, a Jack McRae, if you think he's going to come back, they're probably the the names we're talking about as Oliver Cover that also cover us through until Melbourne have had their buy, which I think should be the intention if you're trading him out. So some of the more obvious, yeah, some of the more obvious answers you could bring in a Petrarca at six hundred odd k, you could bring in a Butters at six hundred odd k, you could bring in a Sam Walsh, uh, Tim English, uh, whatever you name it. They're the guys that have that round 15 buy that I think we should be targeting. But you could also bring in a couple of cheaper options. And one of the cheap, you could turn him into two pseudo primos. I've been waiting for this man's price to dip for quite some time and waiting for him to hit some form. I'm not a true believer, but I'm considering an Ollie Wines at $443,000. I don't. Ollie Wines! Doesn't fill me with joy, but he's 443k, break even of 51. He's finally getting back to some decent scoring. Recent scores 89, 93, and 110. We know he had a delayed preseason. He played round one, probably a little bit surprisingly, and has not scored this year basically at all. But he's got the 110. Boak went down and got subbed out. Is he a super cheap kind of mid-price pseudo-premium we could kind of piece our sides together in? Well, I know he's a little bit of the, like the merit. He has He's like a second-half specialist. Like I know I'm no friends. Um, Casey, if you're listening, um, yeah, nah. Uh, he, he, um, he's got wines in the second half of the year and he does – pretty well he actually got him the year that he got that he did got his brand low um and he just went exploded um well, his so last, yeah, no, his, I, I don't mind it 2020 averaged 104 which we don't really count 2021 averaged 112.5 which was obviously his brand low year and then last year dipped back a little bit averaged 105.5 prior to that he's pretty much always averaged around 100 so the one outlier of an 88 uh, in 2019 so he's, he's pretty much a career 100 points per game guy with upside obviously he hasn't been fit if you were going to jump on him i think this is the, the week to do it and it's but it is kind of cheating like is him scoring 100 points a week you need to be turning that second part of clayton oliver's 660k into something very good to consider an yeah. Ollie Wines. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if I love I love that with the Clayton Oliver. I, I love it turning two dead rookies or, you know, magicking, you know, two dead rookies or like a crap into Ollie Wines or yes. <laughs> yes. a boost, you know what I mean? Like just turning poo into into wine. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, that'd just be amazing. Um but Oliver, you know, he's already wine. He's already <laughs> like yeah and it's just so I just think turning him into yeah uh, uh, yeah I I can see where you're going for but you would have to be you have that second trade would have to be you'd be have to be using that you're testing me here 180k and I have ish um ish ish, uh money plus your cash in your bank and turning that into into someone else Pretty, I mean, nice. my my personal hypothetical would be like, and I bring in Ollie Wines at M eight. Do I even have an? M- I don't actually have a midfield spot, so I guess he would be, be forced to be M eight and push everyone up a, a level, and then maybe go like a Liam Stocker to a. I don't know if I didn't have Jack Sinclair, Jack Sinclair, or, or something like that. So there is a realm where I could see it as a possibility. Uh, who, assuming Oliver's out for four weeks and his price isn't changing. And we are going to trade him. What are some names that jump off the page for you? They don't have to be value. They can just be super premium. But who should people be considering? Uh, well, that's – I yeah, I just think it's just a great um, – as I said, like I was I, – I do like Petrarca, but I think he's too too expensive. Uh, if you haven't got Merritt, I really like Zach Merritt. I feel like he's just going to go on an absolute, um, absolute run. Um, I – I have my eyes. I am shattered that I didn't get Tom Hawkins when he was like 430. And now don't tell me how much he is now. I have my eyes on Jeremy Cameron because we're about to have a huge run in, in skilled, like um, the Alphabet Stadium, I think people like to call it. Um, like people who haven't heard of like this, this is a Geelong reference right now, but we were actually exposed to the ad for years and it's GMHBA will make your day GMHBA smile today well something like that I can't remember it but like literally it's like GMHBA and like people are like what is this alphabet stadium like GMHBA and I'm like no GMHBA you know like yeah it's literally the radio song in my head for like 15 years um but yeah so no I really I I yeah uh, Cameron I, I I yeah um just he's a sneaky one um, if you can make your DPP work just because um, he would be, he's getting quite cheap and he's got the t- round 13 buy. Um, so, but, uh, and as I said, I feel I'm looking for Sinclair, but I think I'll have just have to get in the round after. Um, and uh, now, Laird, if you don't have him, he's obvious. Neil. He's a good one. Do you think, I've started Neil. Yeah. It's been great. He hasn't been crap at all. <laughs> Just stop kneeling and stand up and start doing something. Um, like he was, he's actually been all right the last couple of weeks. But um, like I, I think you've got a the secret premium the for a coaching. premium. Yeah, exactly. And these old these old guys, these actual scoring these they have done the scoring and like wines has done you know maybe not amazing scoring all the time but he has scored and neil he he's a premium scorer so i feel like um 
you know, maybe he, yeah, you can't go wrong with yeah. him. And you can, how, how cheap is Neil Donald? Don't tell me. I've he, spent uh, so much He'll make you 100K. He's 561,000. He's lost 115K since the start of the year. Uh, Thanks. But that. to be fair, Rory Laird's lost about that as well. Got Neil break even of 85, averaging 109, which, and this is what I always say, like you feel like players are disappointing you. And I know with Neil, you come in and you expect him, you want him to be like the number one guy, right? But he's still top. What's he scored? 1,090 points for the year. He's still 16th overall for scoring. So he's not been bad. He's just not been the number one scorer. So uh, 128 on the weekend, 109 the week before, 63 against Blues, had no impact there, didn't need to, 124 the week before. I think he's a fantastic option. I think he might even be the best option, uh, assuming the buy rounds and all that works. But if you're going to jump on Neil, this is the week to do it because uh, he's going to, he could come out and score 200 this week and his break and his price is going to jump up to match Oliver's. So plays Adelaide 115, 147, 148 against them in their last three and averages. Uh, something against them averages 94. Well, must have had a bad game against them. I think he's a fantastic option, M. I really like it. I actually thought you were going to go even crazier than that. I thought you were going to say Lockie Whitfield, who's another one of those mid-pricey fallen premiums that I have been considering. Again, I think I, I believe I had him in the cheat sheet on the weekend. Came out, scored 105. And he's cheap, and he has a history of scoring. He also has a history of getting injured. But he's another one of um, those like pseudo. Sorry, premiums. sorry, Whit Whit Whitfield. Sorry, I've deleted that name off my memory bank. Fair no. enough. Fair enough. We don't even need to go further. Last four though: one hundred six, one hundred two, ninety nine, one hundred three. Sorry, do not comprehend. Fair enough. That's fair enough. I but think let's. I- <laughs> we can throw names out all day. Um, I think if you have Oliver, you've got the cash to go to anyone. Let's do a final call. Let's go right now. What's your heart telling you, Em? Are we trading him or are we not trading him? So I am considering holding him. I have Tommy Stewart, my love, my super coach love, gave me 18 points and then... I traded him out and then he was out for a week. The, the, the bastard. Sorry. The, the, and it was just one week and I traded him back in because I've got to have him in my team. Um, or his value. He, he dropped, I waited a week. I was patient enough. But now and I'm like, oh, I've just finally got Oliver in. Um, look, we'll see. We'll see what the week brings. If there's any more carnage, he's out. Um, I'll have a little play of who I can afford and, and – do a little bit of um, magic and who what I can turn things into, but um, I'm yeah. What are you thinking? You thinking you're going to trade? Unless someone can guarantee me that Josh Weddle's going to score 114 again, I think I'm probably going to trade. Uh, it doesn't feel great, but I'm looking at my side. It, I'm not thinking about total trades either because I don't want to think about that. That worries me and scares me, and I don't want to think about it. I've got one underperforming guy who I thought was a premium at the start of the year who I'd like to trade, but that's a luxury trade because he's still healthy. That's Dylan Moore. He sucks. Other than that, all of my rookies break-evens are essentially negative. 
The only one I would consider trading out is Liam Stocker and Clayton Oliver, and those two could net me two very, very good players, a combination of two sort of mid-500K players. So for me, I'm potentially going to turn Oliver into a Neil and a Sicily, and in that instance, I think it probably makes sense. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that sounds magic. Yeah, I think my general advice for is though to be less greedy than me and probably just hold it. But <laughs> I'm greedy. Uh, so who's scoring better? Who's more reliable, Stocker or Dylan Moore? <laughs> Stocker's more reliable, but he has a lower ceiling. Uh, so Dylan Moore this year has averaged 84, which has been bad. He was very good uh, for two weeks at the start of the year. Low score of 49, high score of 131. Liam Stocker averaging 75, not too far off. Uh, He has a high score of 103 and a low score of 58, but has every other score, looks like, in the 70s. So Stocker's been damn consistent, which I was... I kind of bought him in as a joke, to be honest. I didn't really think he'd end up being solid at all, but he has been. But I'm still lured by the upside of... Dylan Moore from the round two where he scored a right. <laughs> yeah, because um, I, I don't know. I don't because I I don't know. I just feel that if Stocker's doing doing, he's a little bit more consistent. Then you could turn Dylan Moore into someone pretty amazing. And then, but as you said, he's a warm he's a warm body, um, playing warm body, um, and he's got a higher ceiling. So keep him. Um, and there's only trading. 9K yeah. difference or something between them, 14K difference. Jeez whiz, there's only 14K difference between them. What a bad pick. Oh, <laughs> uh, It felt so bloody good. I traded Hopper, Chandler and Setterfield to Merritt, Sicily and Sharp. But it feels so good to get them out of, to get them out of your team. <laughs> Even though Satterfield did okay, he was actually okay. He wasn't the worst, but um, yeah, I just yeah. So yeah, just do what you do what you feel. That sounds. I think that sounds reasonable. But you've just you've got to consider consider everything. Um, no, that's a good, I hadn't even thought about it. But Stocker's going to end up next round more expensive than Dylan Moore is. But having said that, Dylan Moore's the. This isn't good, but he's the 20th ranked forward, whereas Liam Stocker's the 50th ranked defender. So there's also positional scarcity. But I've also got form forwards in my midfield, so I don't need him. I think you might have sold no. me. Okay, good. Yeah, because um, he uh, comes from good stock. Sorry. That, no, <laughs> terrible. Yeah, I just want more from Dylan. <laughs> uh, okay, well, um, cool. I think this is probably a good place to wrap it up. We've been going for the traditional 40 minutes or so. Uh, it's a bit of pleasure having you on. If there's anything else you want to shout out or anything you want to do, if you want to plug your Twitter, now's your time to do it. Yeah, you find me. It's all good. You know me. No. <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> I just, like, people, I can't even remember. My, it, I can't even remember. It's, um, it's E Chalice. E Chalice. Um, is well, my is my hash is my at whatever whatever. Um, but Super Coach Mama, you can just search me up and you find me. Um, I'm not really, you know, selling myself is not really my thing. <laughs> oh, my, your Super Coach does the selling for you. You don't need to sell nothing. You've been fantastic. You've always been good to us, and uh, 
I'm not sure. Maybe we'll hear more from you before the end of the year. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll see well, what happens in that space. Yeah, yeah. Well, invite me to the to the really to one of the end shows where you just because um, uh, and I had some really great content that I want to discuss. Once everyone runs out of trades, I want to. Po- I posted someone posted a really random animal side of all the animals, and it was the most random thing. But I think we could do so much better than that post. And I think, look, invite me on once we run out of tw- trades in about round nineteen, round twenty. And let's talk about Animal AFL. Absolutely lock that in. That is beautiful. That that post took up my DMs for about three days because I was just aggrieved at the poor selections they made. Anyway, let's save it for later. Dolphin! <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Em. It's been a pleasure. No problem. No problem. Thanks.